am once again joined by the one and only, the greatest, George. George, how the hell are you? The greatest George. That's uh, that's the greatest George. That's some compliment. I could say curious, but I feel like you've already moved past that, and you're the greatest. Yeah, I was. I was in college. We were all a little curious in college. That's the thing that I feel like curious (laughs) George probably a better George. Um, you got George the Animal Steel, famous wrestler. You know. George Orwell. I feel like there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of better Georges, but thank you. That was sorry. I'm flabbergasted. I, I'm not used to starting off with such a strong compliment. Thank you. I, I feel like you would put them all in a DDT and then equally like submit them at the same time. You know? you're just like <laughs> boom, drop it on your head, and now I'm going to choke you out. You're going to tap out, and you're the new world champion because you're the greatest. That's what you do. That's what oh, the goats man. do. Oh yeah, I forgot we couldn't record for a minute because you had SummerSlam. Yeah, SummerSlam, and then the next weekend we ended up watching uh, AEW, whatever that pay-per-view was, and then my life was just cascadingly busy, and you were busy as well. Yeah, and so uh, we just took a little, we took a little, 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 little lap, a little extra lap around, around you know the block, and now we're back. We we got the milk and eggs. We did not leave you. Yeah, like the other person <laughs> did in your life. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, everyone needs to recharge the batteries. Exactly, exactly. But what's new with George? What's new with you? Oh man, Friday I watched a movie with my partner. We had a great time, and uh, I'd seen the movie before. So during the movie, I built a Gundam model that I had never Ooh. that I'd never built before. There's this new line of models called G frames. And it's I think somebody linked me one of those before. Oh man, they're great. Target sells them. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. they're like ten bucks and they basically come out. They're like the size of like the old Gundam action figures. So they're like around like one forty fourth, a little bit smaller scale. But man, I grabbed two of them. I grabbed a Zaku, uh Zaku two, and I grabbed the uh GPO one from Gundam Double O D three, which is one of my favorites. And Hell yeah. Man, it's so it's like building a model kit without having to cut or paint or glue anything. It's fantastic. That's really the goal. Because, yeah. like, as cool as model kits are, I think the worst part is, like, getting and cutting those little parts and hoping you don't screw up and then having to sand them down. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you push one through and you just scrape your finger on that little sharp edge of plastic that doesn't look sharp, but it is sharp. <laughs> I can't commit crimes because, like, my thumbs are so, <laughs> like, distinguishable from the amount of times I've just sliced them with, like, exacto knives. Like, it's just... It, it looked, oh yeah, that's him. That's the person. That's definitely the guy. Yeah, he's, he's got thirty <laughs> straight lines going across his thumb from all those stupid robot toys he had to build. We got him. Chalk this bank <laughs> robbery up to to that Gundam nerd. <laughs> we just knew it was him. Case closed in less than forty eight hours. Yeah. You, you, you hate to see it. You truly do. You truly do. That's why I gotta stick to cybercrime. I've, I've decided. <laughs> gotta gotta do a good old fashioned white collar cyber crime. Yeah, but... hacker man, start hacking, baby. Let's go. Forget stealing paintings. I'm gonna steal NFTs. I, I, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Somebody, um, we had to do a meeting one time uh, last year when it was a meeting where there's a bunch of bad stuff being told to us, right? So nobody wanted to be there. And, like, I was sitting in, in a different spot than I normally was, but I had my camera on, nobody could see me. And I turned the light on, and it was it was 8, no, it was 7 in the morning my time, because everybody was on the East Coast. And so 
I just didn't think about it. I was like, oh, yeah, if I have the light like this, I'm going to have a silhouette. And so there's just a silhouette of me for an hour in this meeting. And somebody hit me up after the meeting. I, I have not met this person in real life. I said, oh, yeah, you're the hacker man from the meeting. I was like, god damn it. I got, I got a label now. <laughs> the hacker man stopped hacking. Nope. Nope. You're a nerd. But. Sorry, you're a nerd. <laughs> We're recording Gundam podcast together. Are you in any fantasy football leagues? So I have not watched the NFL consistently enough to keep up. Gotcha. So I've not done fantasy in probably three years. Gotcha. Um, I got because I, I work. I used to work Sundays, mm-hmm. and so I could never watch the games. So there was a season where I played with like a twenty five dollar buy in, and I got smoked because I just never changed my roster. Because I was always at work, and I just forgot to change my roster. Right. And once you go 0-4, you're like, well, I'm not making any moves. I kind of don't care. And I was like, all right, whatever. It's over. Just let that thing happen. Yep. guess I should have just lit that $25 on fire. Uh. <laughs> Pretty much. Now, fantasy basketball, I'll run some pockets of fantasy basketball when that pulls up. Yeah. I'm here for it. Who's, uh, who's your team? So, my team is the Miami Heat. Okay. Um, I do like several teams and players. However, I'm also team as long as certain teams lose, I'm happy. So, like, if the Lakers never win a game again, I'm happy. Not because I don't like LeBron or don't like Anthony Davis. It's just LA fans and Dallas Cowboys fans are the same people in my head. Yeah, that's and fair. I cannot tolerate those fan bases and just would love to not deal with them ever again. Yeah, I get that. When you've been, when you've grown up around those people your whole entire life, it's like, oh yeah, this mm, I'm good. I don't need this. I don't need this in my life. This toxic energy. Yeah, I'm so nervous about the NBA. I swear we'll talk about giant robots in space soon. But as like a Celtics fan, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm I'm supposed to be watching Jason Tatum and and Jalen Brown until I'm like in my 40s basically. But I feel like it's gonna get blown up before then, and I'm just like secretly terrified. I don't want to. I, mean, I don't want to lose my Dennis two boys. Dennis Schroeder now. <laughs> Man, it was Dennis a. It was a one year. It was a. Bag. It was a what five nine million contract. Like that's it's fine. We'll take a flyer on him. He could be good. Gosh, man. What's terrifying like a, though like a, is that the Marcus Smart contract was made so juicy to trade, and Marcus Smart is my mm-hmm. favorite player on the Celtics because that dude is just so scrappy. Marcus Smart knocked out our high school ba- high school basketball team out my senior year of high school. Oh, that's played them first round of playoffs. That is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I've I've known of him for my whole entire basically adult life since age seventeen. <laughs> that's really cool. It's like, oh man, he got punched in the face that weekend. That sucks. You're like, yeah, but Marcus Smart punched me in the face. You're like, oh, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> But I know the people are like, what are y'all talking about going on Ember Lane for for the last eight minutes? It's cool. We're going to talk about giant robots. It's the grand finale of Gundam The Origin. Not the podcast, just The Origin. We'll move on to the next one later. Uh, and by later, I mean probably in a couple weeks as normal. So, hey, yeah, buddy. here we are. But um, before we hop into it, what did you think about this episode? Because I, I kind of forgot how slow this episode was until basically the end. And even the end is kind of slow, in my opinion. It's weird. I feel like this was the episode where they realized, like, oh, wait, we actually have something 
we need to connect this series to you know like it was like oh we have to like get all the pieces in the right place so that the first episode or first movie of mobile suit gundam makes sense so a lot of this felt like okay how do we do some cool shit while we can and it was also like how do we get everyone in the right position they're supposed to be in um yeah yeah there's one error that i think i found that you might have also noticed, but we'll get to that in a second, okay. yeah. well, later in the ep- in the episode. But yeah, it felt like they were kind of like, "Oh yeah, we don't have to just make this part up anymore. We just gotta get all these loose ends together." Which there weren't that many loose ends, to be completely mm-hmm. fair. And they did a really good job of just being, for the most part, consistent with pretty much everything. Um, but. The payoff for this episode is the 30 minutes of action we got to open things up. Oh my goodness. So sick. So sick. It was really intense, right? Because we ended off last episode where um, Char is just zooming through everything, like picking up speed. And then we open up where he's still kind of picking up speed, but we cut to Dozel in his ship. Basically getting the order to like, hey, we're going to start doing this, this, this. You got to avoid the Tiananmen fleet, blah, 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 blah. And just not chaos ensues, but it kind of builds really, really slow. And then it all just happens right then and there. Yeah. Between this episode and last episode, like I've never been to a casino. I don't trust myself at a casino. It, But it felt like, like you have like the amount of money that you're willing to lose, right? And then you have all of your money. And, like, it just felt like humanity in these last two episodes, like, took every dollar they had and, like, and just, like, separated it and just, like, bet half of it on one hand of blackjack when they had, like, a three showing, you know? (laughs) Like... and then and then and they lost the hand, harder. and then they were surprised. It's like, oh, that was a bad thing. It's like, yeah, man, like, I can't stress this enough. Half of humanity died in a week period. Already. The war is just started, and we're already down to half of humanity. Already down half to It was so humanity. intense, they called it the one-week war, because they thought, like, oh, this will surely end it. Nah, man, if you're a Gundam fan, you know, it's the one-year war. So it's like, oh, we got 51 more weeks of this shit? Are you serious? <laughs> Ugh, I, I think the, 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 the thing that makes what you said hits harder is when you think about the build-up to the end and what happens at the end of the episode. Because mm-hmm. it's like, y'all had an out. Y'all easily had an out. Y'all could have stopped this. But you chose not to. Yeah. You chose not to. They literally, um, they chose violence is what they did. <laughs> they chose, exactly. <laughs> Woke up, they chose violence with a side of chaos. Maybe sprinkle some disorder in there too, you know? Yeah. And top of all, we're going to put all of our stress and worries on teenagers and young adults. Yeah, can I, get, can I get some shaving, uh, uh, some war crime shavings on top too, please? Um, hey, kid, I know you want to go to, you know, college or university or whatever and, and work a factory job. I'm going to need you to fly this gun tank for the rest of your life (laughs) oh god it's so oh man it's so intense and like i I don't know because like i was i was 11 right like when september 11th happened so like i guess like seven years later like i could have had the option to join the military but like it was just like yeah it it was definitely like a choice at that point whereas just like it's so like these these kids futures are just so far out of their hands you know 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things where, like, again, it feels like today, like, political landscape, I'm, I'm not going to go into details, I, I don't think it's any of your business, like, what I believe, but it's like, it seems like there's such a disconnect between what kids want and what adults want, and, like, it really is, like... I don't know, man. What the kids want sounds a little better. <laughs> you know, like a lot fewer people are dying with what the kids want, <laughs> and so it's like yeah. they're they're fighting these wars for people who died so long ago. Like in in Gundam they, specifically, like everyone who decided to go to war, except you know the 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 Zabi family, but like the captains who like issued the orders or whatever, like bro, they're dead. Like, they are so dead. Yeah. That's why you got 15-year-olds who, you know, yeah, just want to, like, write poems and, like, maybe touch a boob someday. Nah, man, yeah, they got a pilot <laughs> of a gun cannon in space, and they got to figure it out. They're like, well, I've never done this before. It's like, well, if you don't, everyone's going to die. Like, it's just, it's so much. And it's just, like, something I didn't think about as a kid because I was, like, younger than them. I'm just like, oh, they're adults. They'll figure it out. Man, I'm 31. I, I don't know what I'm doing now. And, like, I'm, you know... <laughs> I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not at war in space. <laughs> like it's just that, that's when you say that's what real, they're doing out really loud, real. it's just preposterous and ridiculous and so intense. I think that needs to be the T-shirt of this whole thing. Uh, I don't want to fight your stupid war. I want to touch a boob. <laughs> I just want to write poems and touch a boob someday. <laughs> <laughs> I want to touch booba. <laughs> but um. Like, like I was talking about with the beginning of the episode, we just get really cool action sequences and Shard's going absolutely ham. But I have a couple clips I want to run uh, because the Dozel has a plan that's basically a sneak attack where their their fleet's going to be a distraction. The Tiana fleet breaks off because of the evasion that happened at the end of the last episode. Uh, they're going to go check and like help survivors out there. Excuse me. Um, and so they're the Zaku's and whatnot are just kind of sneaking in because the Minofsky particles are building, which means their systems can't see them. And also they're so small out there. They're not going to notice until it's too late, but here's the first clip. We got some clips of rebel, um, which I think rebel is cool. But after this episode, I was like, damn rebel, you really dropped the ball here, but here's Wonderwall. <laughs> Report from advanced crew. We're maintaining pursuit of them, sir. But the Dozel fleet has dropped off our sensors. They what? We can't locate them without further reconnaissance. Just great. Minofsky particle density is increasing steadily. It's like they're hiding in a fog. Do we report this to headquarters? I could try to establish a laser comm link. However, we do not want the enemy to know that we've lost sight of them. Have the fleet maintain its current heading. Additionally, prepare to send a coded message. Yes, yes sir. Come on, where'd you go? Think I might see something. I mean, I don't think it's debris. Hard to tell. I have visual on it as well. Multiple nozzle plumes. Must be the rear of one of our fleets. Looks like they've arrived at the front lines. Hang on. Something's weird about this. They're far too close. And their bearing is- What's the vector analysis? Doing it now. Let's see. They're approaching from our two o'clock. But that means... This is the top bill! Come in, Falcon! This, this is, is the bad! The enemy is all around us! Crap! The Falcon isn't responding! Alright, well we just met Ryu. For for those who, who didn't notice. Ryu is in the original series. Allegedly. But, um... Yeah, that was... 
it's pretty pretty sneaky of them to kind of like use that particle field to get around and then they're going to go ahead and hit them hard and hit them heavy which is exactly what happens it's also two two things with that scene like it's really condescending and patronizing and it, it really like makes the earth federation like kind of make sense where it's like Oh, we lost an entire fleet. Whatever. They're just Zeons. Like, we'll, we'll figure it out. Like, we're better than them. And, like, I know they have, like, a, a numbers advantage. But, man, they just get their fucking teeth kicked in. This entire series is just about, like... I don't want to say that they, like, deserved it. You know? But it's just, like, their, their continued arrogance is just, like, nothing short of astonishing. And also, this is, like, maybe, like, one of the best, like, submarine movies... Like, without even realizing it. Like, just like what the Minovsky particles do to technology. Like, it does a really good job of taking the future, but, like, making it sort of, like, thrilling. And, like, you actually don't know what's going to happen. Because, like, it's always like, oh, you could never remake Scream today because cell phones. You know, like, it's just something like that. But, like, they figured out a way to explain, like, why even in the future, like, there's still all these problems that, like, require like a presence as opposed to just like sending a missile somewhere or just like using radar. Like they is, I just think it's really smart. Yeah. And like it, it's really cool. Cause like, it's one of those things where you could easily just walk past it and not ever like mention it or care about it. But it, it just adds to where it's like, Oh, okay. This is why this happens. Or like, Oh, this is why these are so important. And why like, Oh yeah. When these battles take place, like nothing works. You can't track stuff. You can't put this in there. This is why, like, it's basically like a Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you and, think about it. <laughs> and I mean, granted, I haven't seen the original series in in a hot second, but I feel like they don't do a stellar job of explaining that. You know, like I, I feel like yeah. they they probably mention it once every ten times they should. And like, I don't know if you mention it every time because at that point it kind of feels like a Nintendo game where it's just like you've been playing for more than fifteen minutes. Would you would you like to take a break? It's like, dude, don't tell me. The basic shit, like, I know how long I've been playing Zelda, okay? I know it. Right. Um, but they, I think they do just, like, such a good job of, like, explaining but not condescending to the to the audience. I don't know. Right. Just in, in terms of, like, actual construction, I just think it's nice. It, they, they, they naturally introduced it because they, they brought it up earlier whenever they talked about the Monofsky particle itself. They, they mentioned it a bit, but they're kind of further explaining it without explaining it if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like they're not taking a whole they're not taking like a whole segment to 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 focus on it it's like oh why can't this like oh yeah when these particles out here you know interferes with all this or by context clues even if you haven't seen previous episodes you just stumbled on this episode you can watch be like okay this thing causes interference and this is this is how this happens which is how like the smaller um not insignificant, but less powerful army that Navy in this case that Xeon has, they can get around easier because, all right, we can put all this is going to happen. They're not going to see us and we can hit them in their blind spot and we're good to go. Cause like rebels about to say in this next clip, it's a game of cat and mouse for Xeon. Like they, they understand that they are the little guy. Even after operation British, they know they are the small they, they are the smaller one in this conflict, so they have to do anything that they can to get an advantage. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. That's, that's that's really well said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> look, look at us. Look at us. And, and, and since, since we're looking at us, we're going to look at this clip of Rebel actually saying what I said. So 
Be right back. CIC, please respond. CIC! CIC not responding! I think they've been hit! Give the order to turn around. The enemy's gonna attempt another pass. Fleet, prepare to change course. So the cornered rat wants to attack the cat. Uh, we were bitten all right. And pretty badly. Oh man, the, the voice direction for Revel is incredible. Did you uh, did you ever watch Futurama? I did watch Futurama. Yeah, just, I watched it for a, for a while. It, yeah. it reminds me of like the janitor, <laughs> like Scruffy. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Guy who says like eight words and says it so quietly, he just hopes no one will hear him. It's like, bitch, you're a general. Like we kind of need you to like step up right now. Actually, like if Yo, you if, do something, <laughs> yeah, if you could talk louder, like so loud enough so that only the two people not helping you out, like more than the two people helping you up, could hear you, that'd be fucking fantastic. That'd be great, actually. Yeah, and yeah, well, it, since it we're pretty on hard. that track of... <laughs> didn't, didn't love that. It's like, all right, man. <laughs> while, while we're here, let's, let's listen to Rebel give another very, very small subset of words. To the engine room! It's below us! It's moving too fast. Xeon are to be feared. Another fire! At five o'clock, I can see it! Rebel's a man of very few words. He's just kind of a... Uh, Kind of all action, but he doesn't really do much either. So it's like, he how did he get general? You know, like how? What, what kind of operation they running here with the Federation? All that it's just, I don't know. Like what was when was the last war? Like it was at least eighty years ago, right? And he's like in his sixties, in his seventies. So like he's never seen like real combat. I don't know. I assume yeah, like I mean, gotta put down like space pirates. That feels like a, a Gundam thing that we haven't explored yet. Um, but so no, I think he says. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I was, I was going to go off on like a little tangent, so I'll let you let you stay on topic oh, for a second, and then I'll <laughs> pull you down with me. Because I think Revel... I mean, Degwin says in, in one of the clips that this is the new front line that I played earlier, I want to say. And then I'm pretty positive that Revel talks about how war has changed, if not this episode, but last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which is true, like you said. like He has seen war gone from something completely different to space exploration to now we're shooting shit in space. Now we got humanoid robots flying around doing the dirty work. Escalated quickly. Yeah. Might not add. Um, so I, I said that I was watching a movie on Friday. Um, I was watching a movie called the last samurai. Have you ever seen that movie? That's the one with Tom Cruise, right? Yeah, he like goes to Japan to like train uh, train like the new uh, army of Japan in like how to use like firearms and stuff. And there's like tension because um, he's white. <laughs> oh, that too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yes, um, but because they feel like some members of uh, the Emperor's Council feel like by embracing Western philosophy that they lose like what makes Japan Japan. You know. Yeah, and uh, Tom Cruise like in the in the movie fought against um, Native Americans. Like the, I think it was like the Cheyenne specifically, and like he's the only one who talks about them like they're human beings. Everyone else just like refers to them as like savages and like backwater and just like you know like holding America's greatness back or whatever. And uh, uh, so typical Americans. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not not a great look. Uh, but I mean, like it was said by the guys who were supposed to be douchebags. So like in that case, okay, like you, you nailed it. And then Tom Cruise was like the only one who treated them like in conversation, like with respect and like, you know, 
deference and or all, all this stuff. But, um, or sorry, uh, reverence. But it feels very similar here, where it's just like the, again, the arrogance of the Earth Federation and just their complete inability to take Zeon seriously as a threat, you know? And like this little like moment of, of revelation for, for Revel is the Zeon are to be feared, you know? <laughs> it's just like, yeah. <laughs> oh shit, man. Like if, if Santa Claus with a short beard is saying it, like we might be in trouble now, you know? I like that they have uh, Revel being, I guess the word is stoic in this case. Like he seems stoic, at least at least to me, mm-hmm. which is why like he says very little words and things of that nature. Where I guess that's his character where he doesn't want to seem like he's worried or concerned. So him saying like the Xeon are to be feared is kind of out of character for him. Um, which later we're about to see that he gets captured by Xeon, uh, cause they get there's a slaughter. Uh Shard destroys like what, three three to five battleships by himself. That's what's um, so weird, man, is like growing up with Gundam before the origin existed, it's just like Holy shit, you guys! Shar blew up five Magellan at the Battle of of, yeah. of Laum, and then like you watch this and you're like, how the fuck did he not blow up thirty? Like, are you like, are you serious? He only blew up five, like, because I feel like he only blew up five because he ran out of ammo. That's only thing that, that stops. Yeah, but st- I mean, give the guy like a couple extra clips when he's going out. What, is he worried about the weight? He's in space. That doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> like, right? That that dude that offered him his bazooka, I'd have been if I was been like, yeah, go ahead, go. Ahead. Let, me, let me get that real quick, bro. Well, <laughs> you don't need it. Yeah, you know, it's just it's it's one of those things where it's just like, oh, in the eighteen hundreds, like, oh yeah, I wrote a letter today. It's like, oh, that's cool. I wrote forty emails and I sent it to like <laughs> eight hundred people through like a listserv. You know, it's just like one of those like a, reply a, all sixty six thousand employees in the company. Yeah, baby. right. Oh man, I've totally done that. It sucks. Um. <laughs> but like it really just feels like escalation that like wasn't taken into account because like the they move so much better and so much faster in yeah. the origin compared to like the original series and so in the in the context of the original series it's like oh fuck five five magellan that's really impressive man and then here it's like were you were you like were you tired like were you feeling okay you were a little hungover right, right. that's why you only only bagged <laughs> five yeah okay you didn't you didn't get your uh your daily nap in pre-war you know you just you just had to you, you ate your lunch, you hopped right in the suit, you weren't ready, you had a little, you know, the itis kicked in. Just, mm, all kinds of fumbling right there. All kinds of fumbling for Char. But, uh, yeah, a little bit. It's just, still, just a little bit. I'm just like, watching that whole thing happen, it's just so sick. And I, I love that the Black Stars are watching Char grow off and like, not this guy, not this guy, <laughs> anybody but Char. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like that chick in the Matrix who's just not like this. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now I I got a couple clips I want to play uh, before we get to what uh, the next clips we're gonna play after the these the section are probably longer clips because there's a lot of dialogue and very little things and subtleties that we have to, that that will play a very important role in Mobile Suit Gundam. But this is the one thing that I that I thought might have been the one oops, unless unless they found a way to correct it, which I don't think they did. But here it is. <sighs> what happened? Where am I? <sighs> I'm in space. I thought I was a goner for sure. 
One minute you're a pilot, the next you're space trash. But Ryu is in Mobile Suit Gundam. Spoiler alert. Uh, yes, he is. And that was him just then. Yeah, he is like one of the only like actual officers uh, on White Base mm-hmm. in, in the beginning of Mobile Suit Gundam. Um, so either he got scooped up some magical way, or that is like the one error they had, and they have to remake Mobile Suit Gundam within the next few years with an OVA like this, so you don't have to watch Gundam 79 again. That's my rant. <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, it's, 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 uh, there's just so many different versions of, like, what happened. Because there was the original series, then there was the movies, and then, like, um, uh, there was a book written, like, by the guy who created Gundam, you know? And so yeah. it's like, okay, so that's three versions from the same person. Like, really, like, blows Lucas out of the water with his, like, Star Wars interpretations. Uh, but then there yeah. was the origin comic, and then there's this, which also made some changes from, from that. It's like, okay, dude, like... What really, like, what actually happened? Like, what, when did the truth become so subjective <laughs> about about this robot cartoon? Yeah, and, like, I, I, this is the one blip that I noticed, and I didn't notice it the first time. And I watched, I watched Mobile Suit Gundam. I got, I'm, like, what, 17 episodes in? And I was like, oh, wait, he died. He's dead. Or not. Unless they mention it later on in the series. But that's the one thing that I want to point out. I, I, it wasn't needed. It's just like, oh, that's a little suspect there, bucko. Hey, man. Um, Ryu, Jose, it's going to take a little bit more than the cold vacuum of space to keep him down, okay? <laughs> My man did not lose oxygen. He 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 was He's built different, as the kids would say, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like... The, not only does he pilot gun tank, that dude is also a tank. He's a, he's a kind of a chonker in the original series. So as a fellow chonker, it's nice to see uh, some some representation. Exactly. Yeah. All those chonkers got to unite, baby. Yeah, that's right. Fat boy summer, fat boy fall. <laughs> as, as we fat roll into September. <laughs> Let's go. But um, we gotta get the we gotta get the they said it moment here where we have the red comet which. The last two episodes of the origin are in the collection called, oh, the origin of the red comet. But here we are. Three rounds left. Let's try and take down two more. He's fast. Hold on, a red mobile suit? Must be Lieutenant Char. It's that bastard. Char, you mean? He's moving at three times the normal speed. The guy's a veritable red comet. They said it. They said it. <laughs> Finally. Um, I mean, that's pretty sweet. Like, you said you're an NBA fan. Like, wasn't it Shaq who gave Paul Pierce the nickname The Truth? Yep. Yeah. So, yep. so it's like, yeah, it was him, like, in the locker room. He was just like, ask me about Paul Pierce. Ask me about Paul Pierce, right? That was, okay. <laughs> Uh, and he's like, okay, what did you think about Paul Pierce? He's like, that kid is the motherfucking truth. I'm just like, that is the coolest, <laughs> the coolest nickname and the coolest way to give someone a nickname I've ever fucking heard in my entire life. Um, it, I want to shout out the sound design team there. Cause sure it's in space. We wouldn't hear sound, but just hearing that as like an actual legit engine, I'm like, yeah, I could believe that if that was on earth, if that was flying around right now. Like, yeah, that, that a hundred percent makes sense. Mm-hmm. And just oh, even the red streak just Oh, so beautiful. It's so good. Also, it's, it's just awesome that, like, the people who hate him the most gave him the nickname. 
Yep. I mean, that's how it goes, right? Yeah. The people that don't like you or the people that like you the most will give you your nickname. You can't give yourself your nickname. No, God, that'd be that, uh, that'd be you so lame. That would be up there with like Han. Identity, that'd be up there with Han shooting second. Of like, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, hey guys, didn't I look like a red comet out there? It's like, man, shut up. <laughs> no, we're not gonna call you that. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. <laughs> it's like me when I post yeah, it, up and, and like pick up basketball. It's like, wow, I'm a real tower of terror, huh, guys? I'm like, shut up, George. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> It's like, you can't, that's the group rule. You can't pick your own nickname. No, you cannot. Just like how you shouldn't pick wars that you have no intention of ending, Garen. That's a segue for you guys that are taking notes on how to podcast, by the way. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, we, we cut to, which I put in a note on my, my Bible of, of Gundam, what a god about Shar. But there's like an ad break, and then... We've come to Garen and Cassilia talking after that battle. And Garen is basically trying to destroy the entire Federation. Um, and Cassilia, like, keeps probing about shit and whatnot. But I want to let them give it. Again, these are the clips that are going to be a little bit longer. So we can go off and give you guys the nice, juicy analysis that y'all came here to hear. But without further ado, here's uh, Garen being an iron fist is the nicest way I could put it. What a cool nickname you gave him. (laughs) I should congratulate you. Hmm. What a grand victory for our forces. Please accept my sincere compliments. We have the Supreme Commander's masterful leadership to thank. I underestimated your brilliance. I wasn't expecting such lavish praise, especially not from you. This will guarantee the negotiations will be quick and easy. I'm sure the agreement will skew in our favor. (laughs) A bit premature. This was just the first step on the road to victory. We mustn't allow the fighting to end. At least not until we have achieved our ultimate triumph over the Federation. Oh, I guess I've underestimated you again, brother. If an opportunity presents itself, one must adapt to seize it, Cassilia. Might I trouble you with a question? What is it? The Sovereign ship, the Great Degwin, is currently out there on the front lines by herself, and she is exposed. I'm sure it's just as Father wanted. The troops are inspired, and he's now able to witness our historic victory firsthand. I expect he's most pleased. Hypothetically speaking, if the Tianum fleet were prepared to sacrifice itself in a suicide run, do you think the Sovereign would be able to fight them off? A needless concern. The corrupt bureaucrat soldiers of the Federation do not possess the heroic recklessness to attempt such a thing. But let's say they did. What do you suppose would happen then? Do I really need to answer that? <laughs> Perhaps not. This concludes the summary of estimated losses suffered by... Oh, man. That is, um... <laughs> Garen doesn't even care about his own family, like... Come on, bro. <laughs> Come on, bro. It's a it's a little cliche for everyone to hate their dad so much. It is true. I feel like, well, there was a conversation that happened earlier with, um, well, there's a conversation that's going to happen, I believe, is after the fact. But I think Degwin's already at the point where it's like, I'm over this war. Can we just be, we got what we wanted. We wanted to be our own people and be liberated from the Federation. 
And we're at the point now where we can negotiate that. Can we please just stop this? Can we stop? And Gary is just drunk with power. Yeah. He's just drunk with power at this point in time. But <sighs> that's a uh, Cecilia has the let me speak to the manager haircut now and her face is covered. That's a very scary look for her, for a very scary person already. It is. And also, did I was getting kind of like a like Cobra Commander aesthetics too from her from her getup. I get that. I feel that too. I feel that too. Like like majority one very, color. Uh, yeah. She's a very authoritative figure and to quote the great Spike Spiegel, I'll have the kind of woman that can kick my ass. So <laughs> I mean, she's like the size of a fucking linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I I have already decided that I will do the cooking, the cleaning, whatever needs to happen for this household to be happy as long as she's happy. You know, it's fine. It's totally fine. No, I get that. I just, um, and like, you know, in theory, it's going to be great. But also, she seems like the kind of person who's like turned on by blood. And that's like a little, like... I'm not built for that speed, you know. I might get stabbed a little, a couple times. It's cool. I just, I, I can take it. I like. I think she needs a mountain bike, and I'm more of a fixie, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, like I'm here for I'm here for a casual time, not an intense time. <laughs> like, she is definitely the one of the Harley, and I have a Vespa. It is yeah, totally just uh, I'm a house cat is like all I'm saying, and I, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if she'd she'd sign up for that. But um, man, just super intense, and like I really hate to say this, but like, God, their aesthetic is so cool, man. The Xeon aesthetic is yeah. just awesome because it's like, on one hand, it is it makes me really uncomfortable because like it is so clearly inspired by like. You know, it's right there being not like straight up Nazism. It's, like, it's yeah, right it, exactly. It, it's, <laughs> it's like literally bet- right there. it's between like fascist Germany, but it's also kind of like 1890s, like imperialist French. Also, not a great, yeah. not a great government. Not, not I'm not saying that they they really fucked up a lot of parts of the world. Um, but it's just like such like a striking aesthetic, especially compared to the the Federation, where I feel like they're a little, a little more basic, a little, a little more. Uh, like you said, like bureaucratic almost, where like it kind of just looks like a like a onesie with some you know like battle flare to like show like their rank or whatever. But like between their unif- their uniforms are make me uncomfortable because they are so Nazi esque. But like man, the Xeon like mechanical design is so good. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm always skeptical about WW2 imagery from countries that fought on certain sides of WW2 <laughs> but they did a good job <laughs> they did a good job with it <laughs> I say that because my friends like tease me about it but I will not watch Attack on Titan because of that yeah and so that that's why I always like say that but also I don't know I feel they, like you're coming they did they got the assignment you're you're they coming at this like a little bit more objectively too because you're like a like your parents were in the Air Force right your dad was that was in the Marines. My mom was in the Navy. Okay. Um, but even outside of them being in the military, I for I'll, I'll get slightly political. I am, I am anti-war. And war is like the last straw. It's like all right, if it has to happen, sure it has to happen. But if we don't need to be around messing with it, we don't need to be around messing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think the military is too big at times. 
but also like, you know, we do need to have certain things because a lot of stuff, a lot of like the home tech that we have came from military research and stuff of that nature. So yeah, it's got it. it, it they spend a lot of money. They burn a lot of cash, but we do get some benefits out of it. Um, but I digress. I just think that a lot of this stuff is like, Ooh, we need to be very careful about what we do and put out there. Cause some people look at the images and, and they, they interpret it wrong, especially in anime. They, they, they think it's just anime. It's, there's no hidden message behind it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, you're right. It's not a hidden message. It's right. In your it's face. a pretty overt they're message actually. Hide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not trying to hide it. They're, <laughs> oh, sorry. they're not. We've, but... we've taken time off between recording. But like, I think I said this before where it's like, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, I'm worried that if the people who misunderstand Gundam are the same people who like misunderstand fight club, you know, where it's like, right, no, right. I mean, the point of that wasn't <laughs> to go out and start a fight club. It was actually like to talk about how those people are like, crazy toxically masculine people and like probably going to be the downfall of you know organized society that was actually the point they're like nah man as you're reading too much into it it's just like men gotta punch men i'm like all right dude have fun have fun in your fight club you fucking idiot don't you you did not do your homework yeah (laughs) and so yeah i'm also i'm also anti-war nazis were super bad people but man their engineering aesthetic was so cool all I'm going to say, they're industrial. They had really good industrial designers is all I'm saying. Shout out to the Volkswagen Beetle, by the way. <laughs> yeah, man, I drive a Jetta. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, back to the episode, the, the, what you, the content y'all came for. And we, we put a little, you know, anecdotes there, here, and there, whatever the, whatever the term is. But the Federation had a chance to really do something. And these cowards could not pull the trigger. Roll the tape. Ships dead ahead. We have them on optical sensors as well. The large one is Guazim class. It is most likely the Great Dagwen, the Sovereign's flagship. <sighs> Mobilizing the Dozel fleet may have stretched the enemy so thin that they've been forced to send out even their flagship. If we can get past those, we'll be on their doorstep. If we make a run at the Xeon homeland, we could force a surrender. Admiral, our fleet has only sustained very minimal losses. Not a chance. We aren't attacking. No way. But why not? The outcome of this battle is already written on the wall. Admiral! Our most pressing duty is to aid the fleeing rebel fleet by making sure they have cover for their retreat. All ships come about! Yes, yes sir. sir! Attention all, all ships! ships. What a coward! What a coward! Yeah, I don't know. Like... It, well, no, he, I, I, I get what you're saying, but also, like, I don't know if killing Dagwin would have ended the war, you know, like. It would have given them more reason to fight, but I feel like if they would have actually taken out the, the, that ship, mm-hmm. it would have, well, I mean, we're talking about a fictional war that obviously had, it was predetermined after this, but that would have been a message and an opportunity for them to gain the upper hand by taking out their I mean, Garen's a military leader, but Dagwin's the... The, pa- Dagwin the Patriarch, yeah. The Patriarch. Taking out the Patriarch would have been a huge one-up. Huge one-up. Yeah, I mean, it would but, it would have been like a, a psychological victory for the Federation. But also, I don't know, like, they just turn him into a martyr at that point, too, right? So it feels like a double-edged true. sword. Um, uh, I don't know. Plus, like... I'm trying to think. Does Dagwin do anything... He might he might do something in the uh, 
in the original series that that sets up the future. So good good thing they didn't attack him there. He uh he's done a little bit post somebody important dying, but other than that, it's uh been pretty tame from Degwin. But after that, we cut back to basically post post battle chilling. Deg uh Dozel's just like ah yes the spoils of war and then. Garma, Garma wants to fight so bad. <laughs> Garma wants, Gar, well, he, no, Garma's still with Degwin at this point. I'm about, I'll jump with the gun. And he's all like, yes, our victory, we did it. Oh, I want to do this and that, this and that, this and that. And then, like I said, clip heavy part right here. Here's another clip talking about this scene. We did it! A decisive victory! This means we've definitely won the battle, right, Father? Next time, I'm going to fight too, for I am ready for anything. After all, I'm a soldier of the Principality! Karma! Uh... You are still young. No, rather you are still a child. You are not yet fully capable of comprehending the true horrors of war. Uh... I caution you never to act rashly. Uh... Why does he want to fight so bad? <laughs> Like, because they're winning. Why does he? Because they're winning. Like, <laughs> you know? I know, but it's like, like Garma has this weird. I don't know. Is it Napoleon syndrome? That, like not because he's little, but yeah, no. He just wants his to like, insecurity. Yeah, he's just insecure. Wants to just hop in there. It's like, yeah, let me, let me, let me add. Let me add. It's like, bro, you are getting floated to the top right now. <laughs> I'm all for hard work every now and then when it's necessary. But if you don't have to work as hard as some of these other people to get recognition, bro, take it. Yeah, Just fucking take it, bro. Fucking bandwagon <laughs> fan over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, work smarter, not harder. No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm totally with you. He he's got the work smarter in his lap, and he's like, I want to fight. But Degwin's like, Yo, no. <laughs> well, that, wasn't it last episode where like he thought Dozel died and he was just like having a panic attack? It's last episode, same battle. Yep. Yeah. He thought his brother died, and he's like, "No, my brother!" And he's like, "Garma." Shut and his up. dad was like, literally, just yeah, his, his dad was like, "Dude, you are embarrassing me. Like, act like you've been here before." <laughs> like, right, right. Uh, he's just uh, I. I love what they did with Garma because, or is it Garma or Gar? I think it's both Garma and Garmin, depending on the translation, something like that. Whatever. I don't know why I said that, but I love what they did with this character because it shows that he is the polar opposite of everybody in the family, mm -hmm. and he wants so much to be in the family and be a be a face. Like, ah, oh, I don't want to just ride the coattails, and it's like. No, these people are doing this because they don't want you to go through what they're having to go through. Like, Degwin just said, don't do it, bro. Just relax. Um, do you have any older siblings? I am the youngest, yes. We did not grow up together, but I am the youngest sibling. Gotcha. Yeah, I got to... My sister's seven years older than me. My brother's eight years older than me. And man, when I was a kid, all I wanted was for them to think I was cool. So, like, I definitely get that, like, maybe it's not Napoleon Complex. I'm sure it is. I'm sure that factors in. I'm sure that's, like, the, the actual clinical name. But, like, I just recognize it. It's like, oh, man, baby bro syndrome. Like, he's got a bad case of BBS. <laughs> like, 
He does. He truly does. Let me at him. Let me at him. It's like, just go over there in the corner. <laughs> you know, if you get in trouble, dad's going to be mad at us. Also, yeah, man, that, I feel like that is like a, like a stereotype in a lot of anime where it's just like the person who's just like, you know, drinking a martini while everything's going to shit. But like they're staying so calm and like you're secretly like really scared of that guy. Because you're just yep. like, why is he so chill in such a weird situation? So, like, he's totally blowing every possible advantage he could have with, with people in the room, you know? <laughs> like, If I was a random Zeon soldier, I'd be like, yeah, Garma, yeah, he's 100% bitch made. Don't worry about him. He'll never, never be the, the killer of these guys. Yeah, do, do not want to be drafted into his regimen. No, thank you. Right. Actually, I would because he probably gets the, he gets the easy assignments. He does. I mean, we see uh, there's a clip later where he goes to ground, uh, take some ground troops because he, he's like a ground lieutenant or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like they're shooting up a, a loom, but there's no there's no mobile suits on loom. There's no def- the, the defense on loom are just Federation soldiers. So they're shooting it up with tanks, right? And mobile and Zob- uh, Zaku's like. Well, he, he's got the easiest job in the world. Okay. He wants to make it harder for some reason. I just think he's like dumb and prone to panicking in a situation where he is you know like i mean we talk basketball it's it's why like you know Kyrie wanted to play for kevin durant and he didn't want to lead a team himself he learned the hard way yeah he did i did too son of a bitch he tech <laughs> poor boston fan. sorry that was me calling poor the boston. situation a son of a bitch not Kyrie. i respect Kyrie, but man what a terrible two years and we didn't even fucking get anything Gosh, for him that that boy got paid and said man boston sucks and i don't want to lead a team i don't know more uh, hey I mean, katie you good you cool i mean boston does suck i lived there for a couple months not a fan um but yeah <laughs> it's you you have fun with garma i'll have fun with some we'll see which one of us lasts longer in the one-year war right right um moving from that though there there's a moment i didn't pull the clip but Dozo calls for a moment of silence for those that 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 died during this battle and i want to say he calls it for not just the like zeon forces but also federation people and it's like wow that was totally not expected Mm -hmm. because Dozo Dozo right now is the only one who has somewhat of a conscience in my respect for life yeah respect for life you know yeah yeah and so big ups to, to them showing that Dozel's not a complete piece of garbage, which we know Dozel's key to something that happens later in the series. And by series, I mean 20-something years later, almost 20-something years later. But I digress, because that's not important right now. That'll probably be, what, two years into the podcast, something like that? <laughs> how, how many breaks I decide to take? <laughs> it's not just you, man. I've, well, I've been busy, too. All right. All right, listeners, no, don't, no, don't, no, no. Don't, well, don't just be mad at him, all right? Be mad at both of us. No. no. <laughs> Look, sometimes I might just do, like, for for Mobile Suit Gundam, I might just do, like, an episode by myself covering, like, three to five of them. Mm-hmm. Because, to be fair, in Mobile Suit Gundam, there's just a lot of action and very little world building for a good portion of time, which is fine. Because um, the music's fire. But we're not on Mobile Suit Gundam right now. We're on Gundam Origin. Uh, I got a clip to roll. We'll be back. This is a... Uh, I think it's a little beefier of a clip, so we'll get your snacks and everything. This is going to be like a long ride once again. Here we go. Aaron, an immediate peace agreement. That is our goal here. 
I believe the wisest course of action is to use this victory to force the Federation to the table. With all due respect, our victory doesn't have to end here. We'll win the next battle, and the next till the very end. When we do negotiate, it will be at a time of our choosing, when we determine that it is most advantageous for us. Others preach this before their downfall. Men with the names of Napoleon and Hitler! There are no lessons to be learned in the follies of ancient history. After all, we are living outside the bounds of anything they've ever experienced. Forget their history, we'll cultivate our own. To think that such words would come from my own father, Zeon Zoom Daikun's closest comrade. What was it that Daikun said? Did he not declare us the future of humanity? That space noids would be the new species that will usher us into the next stage of human evolution? We have at our fingertips the perfect opportunity with which to make Daikun's ideals a reality. An opportunity like this will not present itself again. It'd be folly not to press on. We shall never compromise, but always press onwards. Onwards! Cecilia? Yes, Father. I am right here. What do you think? Quite frankly, he frightens me. No need to worry. I will assist you. Please do. At this point, I am afraid nobody can stop him except you. He's turned into a monster. Tycoon's unfinished business has become an evil spirit and possessed him. He will destroy this country, and our entire family along with it. Rest easy, father. I will always have your back. That's how we're gonna say this. Fuck Garen. That guy sucks. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing that like as soon as he leaves the room, like Degwin's like sigh, where he's just like you, he doesn't say it, but like you can hear him clearly go, "Fuck!" Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> the way Garen struts off too triumphantly, mm -hmm. like the gall that you have thinking that one, he completely twisted in saying that, "Oh, my father." Zianzu Doom Daikun's closest comrade. They weren't comrades. We know this. He had them killed. They were not comrades. There's no way. That's yeah. Cap. <laughs> and then the audacity be like, oh, those men, that was a different age. We'll forge our own future. We're the future of, of the human race. It's like, that wasn't his message. That was not his message. You are twisting it. You are twisting it to get these people to rally behind you, man. Sorry if we if we talked about this before. It's just we record like kind of sporadically, but like this is like exactly what happened with like Nazi Germany though. Like they they took uh, like Frederick Nietzsche's like Ubermensch theory, which was like about like mankind becoming so evolved to the point where like it won't have need for anything. Like it, it's like above like pettiness, where it's just like you'll only want to like help other people because you have attained like it, basically like the close like western interpretation of like enlightenment almost and so it's just like you will have want for nothing so you will just be inspired to help people get to your level of satisfaction 
And so, like, the Nazis just, like, heard Uber mention. They're like, yeah, Superman, you're right, we're superior. And he's like, what? No, that's not what I said. And they just, like, you know, just, like, took, like, the headline. He didn't read the article, you know? <laughs> just just did that and just, like, ran with that about, like, you know, the Aryan race and, and Aryan superiority and all this shit. And it's, like, it's the exact same thing. So they're clearly Nazis. We've This is evidence number 15,000 that we've talked about. But, man, they just do such a good job of foreshadowing because there's so much tension between... Uh, Cecilia and Garen, like in the in the main series and in the the movie compilations, and just like them laying it out here, like this has way more in common with like Game of Thrones, I think, than uh, I remember upon like my first viewing. Mm. I have not watched Game of Thrones, but I trust your judgment. So I think we have talked about Wait. this. Yeah, sorry, we got to record yeah. more regularly, man. We got to. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. No, it's fun. It's 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 good to bring that that comparison in. But it's there's there's so much to where I will say Dagwin has the second most growth out of the family so far. Oh yeah, because at least now he's like, all right, y'all, we we don't have to do anymore. Can we just go home? <laughs> can we just can we just like chill now? Like it's over, bro. Like I don't I don't want to be here. But well, it's, alas, his son is just it, deranged. It feels like when a kid does like a senior prank that they think is going to be really funny, and then all of a sudden the police get involved, and he's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> but I just <laughs> oh, there were consequences to my actions. Just like, dude, all I did was put some dead fish in a locker. It's like, yeah, man, but that melted through the walls and like actually destroyed the integrity of like a load bearing wall behind the locker. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> like <laughs> that happened at my high school. Uh, <laughs> someone, all so, right. someone dumped a whole bunch of like fish because like I lived, I uh, grew up on like an island where there's like a lot of like fishermen and lobstermen and stuff, and someone dumped fish like in ceiling tiles and stuff, and it just like annihilated like it costs so much money to fix the high school after that <laughs> god i'd be so mad if i was that principal I'd be like yo this kid's gotta pay with his life i mean it was well <laughs> like, it was like almost like twenty thousand dollars worth of damage like it was it was a lot oh geez, especially man. it's not like a That's it's not like a rich town you know <laughs> twenty thousand dollars worth of damage is a lot of damages like well, for, that is insane like, man thank god you graduated early and you were 17 when you pulled this shit dude yeah or you would be in big trouble now. Yeah, unlike Degwin, who's 10,000 years old and God. killed more people yeah. in a single week than have died in the history of people ever. I I have a thought about Degwin and all his amount of kids and his age, but we don't have to go there, because, let's be real, something's not, something's not adding up at this point in time. But um, He looks like one of those fish that like exists below a certain like depth in the ocean. Yeah. You, know, like, you know, like the blubber fish. Real anglerfish energy. Yeah, huh? God. <laughs> <sighs> but oh man, we're uh, we're 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 getting back to Garma and talking about people that are useless and just bringing themselves problems that they don't need. But I'll let the clip do the explaining, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll discuss. I don't want to be assigned to General Staff HQ. Sorry, but there's not much I can do about it. I want to be on the front lines. Please, let me make a name for myself! Well, here's the thing. This is what Father wanted, and uh, the top brass has agreed, so... It's out of my hands. I find that hard to believe. Huh? They can't say no to you. They love you. You're the hero of Loom, after all. Well, I guess. I won't be outdone. Not by Char. I heard that the decoration he's getting has a two-rank promotion. He'll be a lieutenant commander! Then that means he'll be... 
Uh, if that's why you're worried, I can make you the same rank easy. Who cares if I didn't actually earn it? All I've done is watch battles from a safe distance. And we hate you, Garma. We hate you. Yeah. What is this man's... Oh, he just... Fucking whiner, man. God. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like how Dozo's like, if you just want a two-break promotion, I can give you one. <laughs> well, it's pretty amazing, because, like, we never spent this much time with Garma. And, like, I remember thinking, like, Amuro was, like, such a whiner in the original series. But, like, it, upon, like, reflection, it's like, no, he's not a whiner. He's just fucking disassociative and like real like just clinically depressed <laughs> like that, like that's what's wrong he with Amuro. <laughs> he doesn't know how to like handle situations whereas Garma's like Garma you have a perfectly great situation in life yeah but you want to be put in harm's way yeah I don't understand. he's just he's just a twat <laughs> is the problem uh <laughs> Amuro has like actual like mental health issues Garma's just a just a piece of shit <laughs> Well, I don't even think Garma's a piece of shit. He just wants to be a piece of shit. He wants to be one, and it's like, Garma, you don't have to do this. This is not your character. It's like that person that they, like, go to Europe for, for like, a summer trip or something like that with school or whatever. And they come back like, yeah, I only watch the I only watch uh, European football now. I'm really into, like, tea. Um, you know, we did this over at blah, blah, in the south of France. It's like, dude, that's cool. Your trip was, like, for a week. Chill. <laughs> yeah, they like, they come back and they start calling it like instead of an elevator, like they it's like, oh yeah, I'll meet you in the lift. And it's like, wait, what? shut up, dude. What? <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, turn on the telly. It's like, bro, be quiet. Like we're not doing this. Yeah, wait, we're we're wait, dude, where's my gym bag? Oh, it's in the in the trunk of my car. The what? It's like, oh, sorry, it's in the boot of Maloria. Like it's just like, shut up, dude. <laughs> It's like you're not fooling anybody, bro. Yeah. You're not fooling anybody. Just, Dude, just, you're from just you're from Dearborn. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's like, bro, you have a silver spoon. Which, sure, he has to work for some stuff. He needs to work for some stuff in his life. I'm 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 with some tough love. Take take the silver spoon when you get it to you, man. Or just shut up and be happy. But. They, there's a reason they do this, and I'm glad they do because it, it, it shows that, like, Garma just wants to impress his family and the people around him and others. But most importantly, he does not want to lose to Char. When Char could not give a singular, uh, oh, let me say that a bit. Char cannot give a singular fuck about what Garma's doing or anything about Garma. Mm -hmm. Well, he sort of cares. Sort of. But not really. Not It's not his prime focus right now. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty pathetic. I wish I had more of, like, a psych background so I could diagnose it, but it's, like, I don't know if he's, like, in love with Char. I don't know if he's just, like, you know, just dick measuring with Char. Like, I don't know enough about therapy or psychology or, or psychiatry to, to, like, really diagnose it. But it's clearly, like, man, someone would have so much fun watching this. Someone smarter than me would have so much fun watching this and just being like, okay, here's actually the problem with Garma. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get Tomino-san to, to explain the motive of Garma and why he was obsessed with Char. That's what we need. <laughs> we need to find a way to, to finesse him for an interview to explain this. <laughs> he's, he's probably got the um, time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
he's living his best life right now, as best as he can. He's what, like 86 or something like that, or like 76? He's, he's up there. Yeah, I'm really surprised, because, like, you see all those, like, uh, those memes from, like, Miyazaki about, like, how hard it is writing and, like, how anime is shit. I'm surprised there aren't more memes of uh, Yoshiyuki Tamino uh, talking about the same things. Yeah. I feel like he has, he has to have, like, similar opinions. I don't think, were those, did those two come from, like, the same camp, essentially, at the very beginning in, like, the 70s? Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they started off at, like, the same studio and then just, like, went their separate ways or not. I don't know enough about... Because I know a bunch of them started off in, like, if not the same school, but the same, like, studio to start with. And they all just, like, branched out. We're talking, like, the biggest animes and stuff in the world. The stuff that made animated what it is today, people. Do your your homework. Do your research. Like, you'll see that a bunch of these writers and animators and artists all were in the same, like general company at one point in time working on stuff and then went and did their own thing so got their own legacies pretty wild got their own legacies. pretty pretty but pretty speak- wild stuff and since we're talking about legacies let's look at the remainder of garma's legacy or in this case dignity because well actually before we get to that we'll we'll, we'll see char come ahead and uh we'll, we'll hear char's first I guess his actual first name, but I don't, I don't, what? Following close behind him are the triumphant Black Tri-Stars, Lieutenant Gaia, Lieutenant Junior Grade Mash, Lieutenant Junior Grade Ortega, and now the man who owns the Mountain Air Comet, our ace of aces, Lieutenant J.G. Shore. Strike that, the dashing cape of a field officer is now fluttering on his shoulders. Make that Lieutenant Commander Shore Aznable. With this glorious victory, these warriors are pride and joy. The Black Stars get no love. <laughs> oh man, total like middle child syndrome, right? <laughs> right, right. Because like, you know, Rombo was first and then the Tri-Stars came along and then Char was last. So he's, he's you know. <laughs> and then the Tri-Stars like, what about us? Recognize me. Recognize me. <laughs> but. JG Shar, what the hell does that even stand for? Like, oh wait, I thought that was junior grade. Is that just junior grade Shar? Is that what it means? Yeah, is it, is isn't he lieutenant mean? junior grade? Isn't Lieutenant JG Shar? I mean, that, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, because it is he got the cape now, so he's not only a field officer. So, also still rocking those goggles that uh, Lino made for him. The, which I wonder if that's just like a totem that he has. Like, well, I know he has to wear glasses because he doesn't want people to see his eyes. But, like, he wears the same one because, eh, he was a disciple in the long run. Maybe he feels a little bad about it. Maybe. Man, the more the more clips I see of this, though, the more convinced I am that, like, G.I. Joe stole a lot of its ideas from Gundam design. You know, like, between, <laughs> like, Jess, uh, Destro, Zartan, um, I'm not going to say Snake Eyes, I'm not going to say Storm Shadow. But, like, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of similar vibes. I am not as familiar with G.I. Joe, so I wish I could join in on that. But I feel like when it comes to American like, cartoons that talk about like this kind of stuff, it probably did borrow a lot from Gundam and character design or whatever because they're like, oh, kids like this. Okay, we need to, we need to, we need to go ahead and, and capitalize on yeah, this. Let's, let's yeah, yeah, go yeah. ahead and double down, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to double down. You want to know why? Because I'm fucking right. <laughs> Everybody else is wrong. <laughs> I, 
Here's the thing. I might be dead wrong, but I'm going to ride for whatever team inside I'm on until I'm in the dirt. Okay? Like, it's fine. I'll take it. I'll hold it. I'll hold that. It's cool. It's whatever. But the real meat of this situation is Garma's death wish. Um, he confronts Char in the middle of his dinner after Garen gives a speech. Or uh, Garen's giving a speech. Or is he the post pre-speech or post-speech? Whatever. He just goes and gives this stupid... Uh, well, you'll see. It's true. That is what happened. We were the ones who were responsible for taking Rebel prisoner. So why is it that guy who's getting all the attention? Just let it go, Ortega. And cool down. The Sovereign's watching. Char. Oh. How are you doing, my friend? I've been following your exploits. Ah, Garma. It appears that you're doing well, too. Yes, I'm a major with our elite airborne division. My assignment just came through today. Why then, congratulations. That's a very fitting post for you. Ground combat is far more risky than fleet warfare. It's dirty, bloody work. Mm -hmm. I may only be a major, but a whole armored regiment will serve under me. And with that regiment behind me, I'll mop up any remaining enemy forces in Loom. Oh. You think I can't handle it? That's what you're thinking, huh? I swear to you, I'm not. It's just, it sounds rather dangerous. And I didn't think that you like to get your hands dirty. I'm more shocked that Sovereign Degwin and Admiral Dozen... They've nothing to do with this! I'm responsible for my own successes! <laughs> Don't underestimate me, okay? We're of the same ilk. Neither one of us are the little boys we were back then. There's one thing that Garma said that was correct there. That they are from the same ilk. Which I'm still surprised Garma hasn't put together. That Char, this guy in front of him, is D Zoom Daikum's son. But whatever. Whatever. D little man is losing it. Like, he is losing his goddamn mind over here. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ruins a party more than like hearing somebody raise their voice and then everybody starts turning. Like Char's having a good time talking to ladies, getting drinks in, you know, whatever. Like he's just he's he's playing the role he's doing what he has to do. And it's like this guy again. Like, bro, it's not that serious. It's just like you think I didn't earn this position. You think that I drink too much. You think that I have a weird shaped wiener. Like it's just like I was waiting for him to just like keep going and just like just say everything he hates about himself and just project it onto Char about like what Char thinks about him. Because it seems like he only sees value in himself through Char's eyes. And that sucks, because Char just fucking hates him. <laughs> like, you know what, what Garma reminds me of in this scene in particular? He reminds me of Alan from The Hangover. Zach Galifianakis' character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And only only because he goes off on these tangents like at the beginning of like, oh, you guys hate me. He's like, no, we don't hate you. Or like in parts of the movie, and it's like, yeah, dude, we don't really care, but you're making a scene, and you need to stop making a scene. Oh, you, ever, <laughs> you ever had a friend who was drunk, and, like, they were being fine, but they just, or, like, high or whatever, and they were just, like, apologizing so much for how drunk they were? And it's like, no, you're actually not annoying. The most annoying thing about you is, like, how much you're apologizing for how drunk you are. Like, that's yeah. that's the annoying part, where it's just, like... It's uh, like, if we can just get out of here, and you stop apologizing and be quiet, everything's great! Oh my god, dude, it'd be just, just a, a baller move. 
If you could the do that. The best thing you do in this situation is shut the fuck Seriously, up. Seriously, <laughs> dude. Like, go eat some fucking crab cakes, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. It's like, bro, nobody wants to talk about, look at me. I, too, got a promotion. It's like, <laughs> yeah. thanks, dog. Can we just go back to Merriment? Because you're kind of ruining the vibe. <laughs> Garma's the guy that gets kicked out of the party, so I could tell. He, like, comes in, everything's cool, he gets one drink in him, he starts, like, blabbing off, and, like, and I did this, and I did that. It's like, all right, y'all, party's over, Garmin's got to go, or we got to leave, whichever one, take your pick. Mm-hmm. But he's got to go. He's got to go. Oh, man. Poor Char. Can't even, like, enjoy his night without having to deal with this guy. Is Char kind of like Batman? Because, like, you know the whole, like, uh, actually, uh, Batman is who he is. Uh, Bruce Wayne is his disguise. You know, like that argument that comes up for Batman all the time. Is is yeah. Char is Char like that? Is that what's going on here? I don't think so because it's it's very similar, but I don't think he's he's Batman here or like Bruce Wayne or either of them because he openly participates in the the wrongdoing mm-hmm. in order to get his justice because even even batman's like i won't kill which oh no sir i, I didn't i didn't mean like like that i just mean like who is the character and who is oh yeah, yeah, yeah. um i honestly think that char is the character like he's just doing a really really good method acting job Oh my god, incredible, right? Like, this is like yeah. when Jared Leto, like, sent, like, a, a condom full of dog shit or whatever he did <laughs> like, on, on set of Suicide Squad. He, he's what, like, he's been doing this this disguise for how many years now? Like, almost, like, no, like, two years? A year? Yeah, he, like, just talented Mr. Ripley it up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he's done it. He's he he's he's in it, mate. As the UK Brits would say, from our friend that was over there for a week and changed his life. <laughs> he won't so. shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, exactly. It's tea. It's tea times. Like, bro, no, it's not. It's four forty-five. Also, I'm so par- I I studied for a year abroad in England, so I'm so par. I'm like re-examining everything I've said for the last like thirteen <laughs> years to see, like, oh no, was I that asshole even one time? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm so sorry if I if I brought up past trials and situations. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like my fucking tea. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with tea, but the tea is the tea is somewhat spilt between Revel and Degwin here. But it's weird because Revel's a man that doesn't say much. But we'll be right back with 100% less tea or more, depending on where you're at in the world. You have made your feelings abundantly clear. I appreciate you coming. I agree that this war is by far the worst ever in human history, and we must find a way to end it. Ever since Cain lifted that rock to kill Abel, violence between men has not ceased. We're no closer to understanding our fellow man either. What a deplorable state. Zeon Zoom Daikon's intent was to liberate us from this old cycle. Though from space we are still God's creation, subject to his laws. And as such, might it be possible that the space immigrants' hope for liberation surpasses that which Earth's people once sought when they crossed over to the New World? That was Daikun thinking when he set forth his protocols for the New Era. A group of us as his comrades gathered under that banner. But that this new hope for humanity 
be used to justify such destruction is something we never predicted. Hmm. Admiral Revel, is there nothing we can do to defuse this? A way to somehow work together? What could I possibly do? And how could I provide assistance when I'm a prisoner of war right now? Point taken. I hear you. And I understand you. What an awkward conversation between two drastically different men. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, but I think that sets up something later in the episode, and like it, I'll, I'll, I assume that's a clip you've pulled, and we'll talk about it. But I got, I got theory, and it's just, it's heartbreaking now. So let's, let's move on to the next one, and then I'll, I'll circle back to this when it's relevant. If I missed the clip, totally tell me about okay. it. Okay. The biblical reference is pretty cool. The Cain and Abel part, it feels a little forced, only because. I wouldn't say this is Cain and Abel, but I get it because like violence has been plaguing you know man and everything, mm -hmm. um, and that's pretty and that's cool. But there was a there was a lot said with very little words, if that makes sense. Yeah, like that's the most rebels talked, but there was a lot of just like they're on the same wavelength. They just I don't know how to finish this thought, but like they're on the same wavelength, and they don't have to say much to get the message across, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, also, it's, it's, it both really just hammers home what a piece of shit Daegwon is. Because it's just like, yeah, Daikun just uh, thought we'd all understand each other better and wouldn't have a need for violence. It's like, oh, yeah, that guy you blew up? That guy? That guy? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can take, you, I can take everything you say seriously. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, why not? Oh, man. So, it, it, it's, it's interesting because there's... I, I have a note here I want to say. Um... He's talking about how Daikun wanted to break the cycle of violence, and that, and but now his words are being used to fuel it. And the only reason why it's happening is because, like you said, it's this is Daikun's fight. This is all of Daikun's fight. Like oh, fault, my bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it it just took him seeing the I guess the change and destruction of his own family to see like yeah, I'm I made a mistake. <laughs> I shouldn't have done this. This is all bad. A hundred percent bad. Oh man. I uh that's he's gotta hold that L though. He's gotta hold that L. That, <laughs> that's that's a hundred percent him. Hundred percent him. But we cut to Makuve and Cassilia. I have the clip. I'm not gonna play it because I don't think it's actually important for what we need right now, but um, that was a weird conversation because there's obviously a plan going on between Daegwin, Cassilia, and then Makuve, which we don't really see Makuve again until almost 12 episodes deep in a mobile suit Gundam. Mm -hmm. But there's something that they have planned that they're trying to keep secret. Um, we're gonna, well, one part of it happens in this episode. The other part's going on in Mobile Suit Gundam right now. That's that's where I left off at. Um, but they're they're in an art gallery talking about like, oh, why am I the man to do this? Why do you want Makube to do this? And like, oh yeah, Makube, you enjoy the finer things, and also you'd be the only one who can actually get this job done, and you should do this for us. 
and that happens and Makuba gets sent to the peace talks that are about to go down. But I didn't pull that clip because, oh, I did pull that clip. I, I, it's just really long. And like, I think if you watch, it, you'll kind of understand and get the context because it's all kind of right there and very mysterious. And like I said, none of that really pans out in this episode. You just see Makuba and get introduced to him because he's a player down the road for what's going to go on. Right. Now, what is important is Operation Bluebird, which this seems pretty cool. Um, now, before we get to Operation Bluebird, we have to get to Operation V. Look at that segue. Look at that fucking segue. <laughs> gave, Let's go. What am I, a fucking gymnast? Um, Look at me stick that landing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're in Dozel's like, personal ship. Shars uh, got pulled up as well. And so here comes Dozel giving a message, which kind of gives us the the real send off for Shar into like being, I mean, being into the fam- like quote unquote the family, as uh, Fast and Fierce would say. Without further ado, here's them talking. Not in the habit of squabbling over subordinates like a bunch of school children. I have a good reason for not wanting him to have you. I have a specific job in mind for you. That's so. And what would that job be? The Federation is developing a brand new mobile suit, but the project's being conducted in secret. Hmm. Apparently, its codename is Operation V. This development is being carried out right now somewhere in space. suits that ultimately determine the outcome of our recent battles. That said, even if I convince them that Operation V is a threat, they still won't understand its importance. That's the reason I'm giving you the following orders. Pursue any clues you discover and annihilate any resistance. Sniff out Operation V's headquarters and destroy it. Sir. I had a feeling you'd get it, how important this mission truly is. Which brings us now to this. Operation V. <laughs> we know what that is, right? Yes. We all know what that is, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, we, we talk about it, yeah. For those that don't know and have not been watching the episodes, Operation V is White Base. And White Base has RX-78 Mark II, a.k.a. Gundam. Amaro's future right there, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty cool um that kind of that sets us up to getting to mobile suit gundam which will eventually be the the first iteration of like hey the shar and armor chronicles the the buddy cop adventure even they're you know good guy good cop thief whatever we want to call shar at this point in time he's technically a thief right right yeah identity thief for sure yeah (laughs) <laughs> he's definitely committed some fraud he definitely does not pay taxes that is, that is, that is solidified I mean I wonder if, if that's why this whole thing started right because I mean like I don't know old colonialists in, in America before it was a country it's like they just didn't want to pay their fucking taxes I get it I hate paying my taxes I still do it but I hate it Um, because it's like okay why are there still so many goddamn potholes 
in the road. <laughs> you know, like honestly, fix the potholes, and I will stop complaining about paying taxes. But like, is that really like what this is? Where it's just like they didn't want to pay taxes to Earth Federation? That, that feels like it's got to be a big part of it, right? Like these are just like they're they're not actually space Nazis. They're actually just like space libertarians. <laughs> like. The, <laughs> Oh man, it's amazing we can interpret anime into anything we want without any remorse. Yeah, know? sorry, I'm on. Feel any bad about I'm on, it? I'm on a uh, beer three, so yeah, this is this is where my it's this is where good. my brain's going. It's, it's all good. You you're you're having fun. You're doing your thing. We're, we're, we're having fun. But Shar gives a speech about being a knight of freedom. He's like, he is on the ship and has his crew. And he says, like, "Hey, you're acting captain." He's like, "Oh wait, are you serious?" Like, yeah, I never wanted to be here. I never want to do this stuff. I never want to be a pilot. I want to be Knight of Freedom. I want to be doing X, Y, and Z. He basically just said without saying, I don't believe in this war. I'm just here because I have to for personal reasons. And nobody caught that. Literally, nobody catches that. You know what I'm talking about, right? The speech? Do I need to play the speech? I'm sorry? Do, do I need to play the speech, the Knight of Freedom speech that he has or whatever? Uh, No, no, you do not. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It's it's a short one, but everybody at home, you should be watching these episodes anyway. So, but um, Operation Bluebird's about to kick in, and um, because we're basically done with Char until probably another like for like the next twenty minutes of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but here comes Operation Bluebird, and what what why Operation Bluebird? I'm glad you asked. Let let Cassilia, the most evil of them all, explain this. We'll be right back. This is Oak Tree calling Queen of the Night. Commencing screening of Bluebird. Hmm. Failure's not an option. Understood, ma'am. Permission to speak, ma'am. What is it? The name of this operation, Bluebird. What is it in reference to? In the Cold War period of the old era, it was the name of the first film jointly produced by America and the USSR. If you want to know more, ask Makuve. What's going on? I wasn't informed of any transfer. We must hurry, sir. Would it be alright if I asked you something? I'll do my best to answer you. Where exactly am I being moved to? I see. Understood. So before we talk about the breakout in Operation Bluebird, there is a part I didn't include in the clip, but they have to get on the storage container. And I think it's funny because this whole thing started by getting uh, Jim Barral and the kids on a storage container to get off of Loom. And now to get out of this situation, they're going to get a storage container once again. Uh, oh shit look at that man that is a good eye look at that coming full circle it's coming full circle those sneaky bastards i'm one of y'all i'll write anime i'll write this shit (laughs) (laughs) you know what my nickname is dr fucking anime (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so if you catch that uh drop a drop a thumbs up or whatever on the podcast give me some five stars for that expert analysis um damn dude no that was that was legit good um this seems cool like like i don't know i i just think this is just like really cool seeing one dead one backstabbing his own people and two 
Rebel like, all right, well, nobody can talk. That's cool. Let's just get on out of here. Fuck it. All right, so I'm going to save it because like, I'm looking at the clips ahead, and there's definitely the scene I want to talk about is coming up. I'm super excited to get there. Ooh. But, like, yeah. so Revel's not, like, <clears throat> he's not overacting because it's, like, such a subdued performance, but he's not underacting. But, like, he's not really acting either. Like, I don't know where, like, on the spectrum it is. But, you know, like, I think, I feel... like, Dozel's overacting. Do- Dozel's voice character yeah. guy is overacting. Um, Sela is like probably the hearing... closest one to just doing, like, a normal job. Or, like, Ramba, maybe? Yeah. And, like... But I feel like when you're a general, like, rebel, in this situation, like, when you're as high as he is, you show no emotion. I'm sorry I had to cut you off. No, you're fine. But, like... I feel like you don't show emotion and you try to stay as as neutral as possible. That's why I said earlier, like, Revel's just stoic, where he doesn't show anything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't break his character, which I think is, is rather cool. And they did a good job of, like, finding a voice like, hey, maintain this the whole entire time. Just stay monotone. That's all you need to do. No, that's... A, that's, a, that's a, you, you've convinced me. I think you've won me over. But again, it just—it's not—it's not a—it's not a, a win-lose or draw thing. But no, it is, and you won fair and square. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the next clip. I'm excited. Oh, you do you want to you want me to play the call the bluff clip, or do you want me to go to um, political theater? Uh, I ooh, 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 ooh. let's call let's call the bluff first. Call the bluff. All right. So at this point in time. Rebels on the ship, and we all saw. Well, we should have saw that Shar got his own ship. Somehow, some way, Shar goes in the perfect direction to actually intercept their ship. Um, and so with his acting lieutenant, there's some things that happen, and and here we go, calling the bluff, and then we're gonna go right to political theater. Huh? Huh? Is there a problem, Captain? Or I mean, acting Captain, sir? There's something strange about this target ship. It's closing speed is too fast! This Salamis, I think it's active! What's that? The ship's speed is 1.1 kilometers per second. It's almost within our firing range. Uh, what do we do? What indeed? You're the captain, no? Distance 79000. Speed has dropped off slightly. They spotted us. What now? What the heck? This wasn't part of the original plan. I thought you said that there weren't going to be any warships in this area. The Musai is closing in, sir. Why don't you order them to stop? <clears throat> We've discovered an enemy ship in a sector where there should be none. There are two ways to deal with this situation. You can capture it, or you can choose to destroy it. Well, Captain, wouldn't you agree? Yes, of course. Attention, Federation vessel! Halt immediately! This is the Falmer with Lieutenant Commander Shar Asnable! And so, any resistance is futile! You will stop at once! Hold on. Did he say Shar? He's the one who destroyed five battleships at Loom and is known as the Red Comet. Of all people, why did we run into him? I repeat, halt at once! Pardon the presumptuousness of my asking, but am I standing in the presence of Admiral Revel? That is correct. I am indeed Admiral Revel. 
And what will you do with that knowledge? Are you a Xeon officer who is faithful to his duty? I was unaware that you were aboard this vessel, Admiral. Please forgive me for so rudely interrupting your journey. Admiral, I wish you safe travels. Lieutenant Commander! Should we really be turning a blind eye? Sir, they violated our territory! It's fine, Dren. That was a treasure ship that was far too rich for my blood. We came very close to ruining a brilliant bit of political theater. Oh, floor's mine. Man, what? Like, that feels like Tarantino-esque, right? Like, that entire scene? Yes, it does, it does, it does, it does. Yeah, that felt like the beginning of, like, Inglorious Bastards, where, like... So they're escaping on the Salamis, and then Shars, uh, Falmer, Musai come up, and just, like, you know, clearly, like, could just, just snap their little necks, like, right between his fingers. It'd be so easy for him to do. But him just, like... He shot a dude's hand with a, a particle plasma incredible, gun. Incredible. Like. Incredible. <laughs> what a flex. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but just him, like, recognizing, like, the magnitude of the situation and, like, not questioning any of it. Like, just rolling with it so smoothly god it's just an incredible scene he shows like it's not fear but respect when he sees rebel he's like are you admiral rebel he's like yes it is like oh oh, oh, oh look who i got here oh, yeah. you're good to go guys yeah. <laughs> y'all take it easy <laughs> is this what it's like being an nba player when you're pulled over for like a speeding ticket oh my gosh Probably, yeah. depending on, depending on your state, depending on the state. You're okay, in. yeah, yeah, you're right. Probably not an NBA player. Is this what it's like being like a <laughs> senator? <laughs> like, <laughs> sir, son, I signed your paychecks. Technically, I don't. <laughs> yeah. <That's still> <laughs> but man, it really was. Oh. It really was like uh, like in that movie Varsity Blues when like those kids like get super drunk or like uh, what's it? James Vanderbeek like buys the beer, gets stopped by cops, and they see who it is, and they're like. Hell of a game tonight, son. And just like lets him go, like with the six pack. It's like, man, he is like a senior in high school, and you know it because you saw him at the fucking game earlier. <laughs> like, right, right. Oh man, just the also the fear in the eyes of the guy in the in the moose eye, like that the, Char the the red comet. Oh no, oh geez, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> just like instant, like God, why? Because let's, let's be real, let's be real. The Musai could have shot Shar's ship. Like, they could have they engaged in battle. They would have lost if the mobile suits came out, obviously. Mm -hmm. But they could have engaged in battle. But instead, it's like awkward prom for a bit. And then, oh my gosh, it's Shar. Oh my gosh, it's Revel. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like, oh, I don't man. know if it's like... I don't know if it's Shar like, being manipulative. I mean, it probably is. Like No offense to the guy, but like the dude's just like real fucking slippery, you know? But, like, yeah. I think it's also, like, man, a lot of people died this week, huh? Probably probably don't need to add to that death count right now. Yeah. Like, but, I mean, we also got to remember, we, we know, like, Char's end goal is never to really win this war for Xeon. Right. Char's in this for personal gain. So, Revel, he has no reason to, like, attack Revel. He's just doing a job, essentially. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like just, like, letting your two enemies fight. Because, like, why would you stop them yeah. from fighting? The enemy of my enemy is my friend type yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. 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 
and he also Shar wishing his his crew a safe safe farewell, and he's like, "What happened? Oh, we just almost interrupted a great a great whatever political theater." I'm like, "All right, bro, you're good to go. <laughs> you're good to go." But fast forward Earth after this, because they're going to Antarctica for that the talk about that treaty after Operation British to basically make sure, hey. Uh, no nukes and also no dropping colonies on planets, please. No biological weapons, <laughs> no chemical weapons, no colonial weapons, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm not trying to point the finger at anybody, but somebody here dropped a colony on a planet. As a compromise, we promise not to throw Earth at any colonies. How does that sound? <laughs> We're not going to push the moon over your shit. <laughs> God. Damn the the day that pushing the moon becomes part of standard warfare for us is the the day that things become so weird. Intergalactic warfare, here we go, baby. Here we go. Thank you, SpaceX and Tesla. Not really. I mean, that was that was low key. What was that Call of Duty game? Call of Duty Ghosts, where it's called like God Rods, where like it's it's not nukes or missiles or anything. It's like literally just like an aluminum rod dropped from space, and like the speed of it hitting the Earth is like. (laughs) It's like basically a nuke without any of the radiation. It's just like, oh, this is fucking terrifying. <laughs> like, why would you give people this idea? It seemed cool <coughs> at the time. <laughs> that was one of the we're stoned and let's put an idea for war somewhere. What if we just like dropped shit from space? <laughs> okay, all right, talk talk more, guy. Yeah. <laughs> but we get to Omro, he's driving, and like he runs into Kai, and Kai starts questioning him about um Hey, your dad is the the lead engineer for this project, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, all right, I'm out. And then he gets bored and decides to try to go learn about the thing and kind of messes up because uh, this happens. I need to know what the heck a Gundam is! Hey, you must be Amuro, right? And who are you? My name is William Kemp. I'm one of the people who have been working alongside your father. If you really are a soldier, then it's true. You must be able to tell me what the Gundam is, am I right? How long have you known about the Gundam's existence? And did you hear about it from Chief Ray? Are you kidding me? My father, uh, I mean the Chief, never tells me a single thing. Then how is it you know about it? Uh... Hey, wait, I'm asking the questions here! Are you gonna tell me what this Gundam is or not? Amuro has bright blue eyes that are brighter than ever. Like... That's the one thing you notice about him. Yeah. But um, he drops Also, a, big... Do you know who my father is? He's got big is? blue eyes and big brass ones, too, is what he's got. Pretty much. Pretty much. My man said, do you know who my father is? He's like, oh, that's right. It's, it's Tim, Tim Ray's kid. But also, he didn't refer to his... He said father, and he said, I mean the chief, as soon... Like, 
that kind of shows they don't really have a, a, a father-son relationship. Kind of sucks. Yeah, but that feels accurate. Like, I've had people who, like, yeah. have, like, military parents who, like, call them by their rank, you know, instead of, like, dad. And it's like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> that's not great. Um, if my dad ever asked me to call him by his previous rank, I'd be like, you're not my father anymore. I'm oh, sorry. I don't think it was that he that. wanted to be addressed that way. I think it was that there was just, like, such an awkward relationship that, like, the kid felt more comfortable calling him colonel than than rank um not not what you want but man i'm just trying to think of like the equivalent for this and this is like some kid in the 40s being like i need you to tell me about a nuclear bomb and it's like wait what how did you hear about that you know (laughs) whoa 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 (laughs) yeah and it's just like did your dad professor oppenheimer tell you about this like what no dad's never home but i need to know about nuclear bomb and it's just like why the fuck would we tell some 16 year old punk anything about anything and i guess that also emphasizes how much like tim his dad is not in his life to where he just i'm gonna casually drop this to this this soldier and think that it's okay no it's not they're, the military at times is like the police. You don't tell them anything. You just go with yeah, it. Yeah, if you're aware just, of state secrets, go. guess who you don't tell? The fucking state. Like, that's... <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really know what to tell. Like, you don't have to be, like, a, a fucking political theory major to, like, really know that guy. Like, Right. Right. But uh, the end result is they go in and invade the space and just take everything out. Haru has some cool, funny voice lines. Like, I tried, Amaro, I tried. And then he just got kicked because he's a little ball. There's one thing I want to show because we this beat this part's also in the intro theme of the podcast now, but this is like the tune that gets played through the rest of the series. We'll be right back after like maybe 15 seconds. Amuro, I'm so sorry. I was taken off guard. They got the best of me. That is the that is the tune. That gets played pretty much all Mobile Suit Gun. That's like Amro's theme, essentially. Minus Amro's closing theme for the for the anime, but I digress. Uh, yeah, thanks for fucking nothing, Haro. Uh, <laughs> if, Worst guard dog yeah, ever. Yeah, seriously, you think you're a fucking tennis ball, you piece of shit? How dare you? How dare you not stop them? <laughs> I, I love how he's like, they got the best of me. He's like, dude, you are maybe 10 pounds max, yeah. and you have no guns. <laughs> You've got flaps and like eyes, but no teeth. Like I don't, I don't know what you, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, guy. What did you think was going to happen there? <laughs> uh, it's really oh, weird that's... to me that they did such like a a bad job of like cleaning up behind themselves. Yeah. Uh I mean, I feel like when you're when you're doing that kind of job, you don't really give a shit about their property. You just well, no, not because of that, but like I like I feel like. A couple things. Like, I feel like the government today would do it so it looked like secrets were stolen, but, like, it was, like, a, a robbery, you know? Like, I, like try to, like, make it look a little bit more, uh, like, casual a situation. To be fair, the house was already trashed to begin with. That's a good point. Can't really tell too much of a difference. Um, 
But then, like, the other thing to do would be to, like, make it look like it was never there at all. And just, like, gaslight Amaro into thinking he, like, made it up or something. You know? <laughs> like I feel like, I feel like the government thing to do would just burn the whole building down. That's a fair point. Just f- fucking two in his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. You... The kid lives, but the kid can never live a, a normal life again. He goes to the military regardless, but they just start burning down everything else. Okay, all right. I, oh, oh, man, man, I'd watch that anime too. All right, we're back. The project was saved. I don't understand why Audition did that, but if you are an audio expert, please, please let me know what the hell's happening, why it does that. But anyway, where were we? We are about to get to Rebel Speech, right? We were talking about Amro driving, Lousy Father... Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Sailor got re- uh, returns, but is leaving Loom and going to the si- uh, side seven. Um, that's another important thing right there. Mm-hmm. So she's getting reassigned to side seven, where she's going to end up meeting Amuro. Um, kind of like a quick one-off thing, where like Sailor only has two appearances in this episode, so that's cool. Like that's totally fine. Um. There, there's really like nothing else to really like go off of with that, you know? <laughs> yeah, man, such a such a missed opportunity for the character. Like, yeah, I do think later Gundam series did like a really good job of like developing like strong women protagonists, but mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's just weird that like she was like the OG badass. Like, I mean, spoilers ahead, but she's like one of the first women we really see pilot a mobile suit. And yeah, like, I mean, we. We just saw her kill, what, two people or first time holding a gun or some shit like that? Oh, yeah, when they were, like, yeah, defending, like, that house. Yeah, and, like, that was mm-hmm. awesome. Like, that was really cool. Um, but, man, <laughs> it just, it, it feels like such a such a missed chance to, like, really make people care about the character, unfortunately. 100% missed opportunity. 100% missed opportunity. And since, since we're talking about missed opportunities, fucking Revel, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is what I wanted to bring up. I'm I'm excited. I got you. This is this is all of you for pretty much the rest of the episode. All right. Citizens of the Earth Sphere, I am Admiral Johann Ibrahim Revel. As an admiral of the Earth Federation Space Forces, I led the operation at our allied nation of Loom. This ended in a resounding defeat for us. Since I was the commander in charge, the fault can only lay in my strategy and combat leadership. Is that for real? Why is he in a field officer's uniform? Shh. As you are aware, I was injured in the battle, taken prisoner, and held in the Xeon homeland. The only reason I am able to speak to you today from an allied base is because I was rescued from captivity by a group of valiant soldiers from our forces. We lost hundreds of thousands of soldiers, as well as a great many warships. And I take full responsibility for all of it. The fact that I was rescued by the very forces whom I robbed of both glory and pride is solely thanks to the grace of God. (laughs) Lieutenant Dren! (laughs) You should all be listening to this. And I take it as a sign from God. I must do something to redeem the loss The curtain is about to rise on a new act. A second act in which I guarantee there's no God. If you decide that I can be entrusted with that duty once again, you can be assured I would devote myself body and soul to making up for that horrendous defeat. 
Of course, I am aware that we are in the process of peace negotiations in Antarctica at this very moment. Naturally, I am praying for peace as well. However, a truce must not be signed at this point in time. Because this would not be a truce. It would be a surrender. It means that the good people of Earth, with their long history of culture and civilization, would be giving up all they've known to authoritarian rule. Rotten hell, Revel! Excuse me, sir. The commanders of the Earth Expeditionary Force have been waiting outside to receive your blessings, Sovereign. Be right there! Of the North American Force, the Western Sector. Listen closely, Garma. You go out there and silence those ingrates! Yes. Go there and crush the skulls of every last one of those war-loving Earthers! Hmm. Well, shit just got real. Yeah. Um. But this is all you. This is all you. Go. Fucking incredible moment for for Gundam as a series. Just how much hinges on just like the war could have ended. It could have ended. Like he specifically released Revel because he thought it would end the war. And it just didn't, man. Like it's just the the nature of humanity and their desire to fight each other is just astounding. And how many people have to die to get to the point like the the symmetry, I guess, of like where they are right now compared to where they are at the end of the series is kind of astonishing because it's they're in such a similar situation, but it's just like how many more millions of people had to die because of your hubris on both sides. It's just it's so sad. It's so like borderline pathetic to see just like the like the basic person in Gundam if they just knew how many like how much their lives were affected by people they will never ever meet making decisions. It's just horrifying. It's horrifying. Oh, it, uh, it sucks cuz they literally could have ended everything and it might not have been ideal. I get it. I get it. You wanted to have some some sort of like, you know, oh, I want to have some pride, but it's not worth it. It was not worth it, bro. Uh, just But a good speech. A good speech. It is a long speech, too. Yeah, incredible orator that Johan Ibrahim Revel. It's <laughs> a long name. What a long name. I'm glad it's not something like, yeah, my name is John Revel. Like, at least it gave it some depth. <laughs> well, it's funny. So. There's there's one scene where in Gundam 0080 where, like, it's a, a Xeon team is, like, sneaking into a colony and there's like one pilot, like the best pilot on the team is like, the captain says you're not allowed to talk because your Xeon accent will give us away. And it's like kind of like a cross between like, like a German and a Spanish accent. Like it's such like a yeah. strange dialect. And like, honestly, I always like chalk that up to, you know, like bad, like voice directing or like, or like just... You know, someone made a decision. <laughs> you know, not, yeah. not necessarily that they were thinking about like the uh, the the franchise 
long term. Maybe or that was like an eighty yard line or something like that. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Was, There's a million different it things. It didn't come out right. Yeah, a million yeah. different reasons that it, it could have been that way. But it's just it's really fun. Like just uh, the the globalization, I guess, of the Gundam universe is has always been just like one of my favorite parts. Like I think we talked about that. In the first episode, where I was talking about, like, I just thought it was so cool in Gundam Wing, how it's, like, in one episode, they're at Lake Victoria in Africa. In another one, they're at Luxembourg. Like, it's just, like, such a globe-trotting affair. And it's just, like, yeah. such a, a multicultural uh, thing in, in Gundam. Uh, just in terms of, like, nationalities. I don't think they do the best job with representation. But, um... It's just so no, cool, like, really. hearing names, and then just, like, they have, like, different accents than, like, what the name would suggest, just because of, like, how time has, has passed for for all these countries and all these cultures. It's it's interesting. But, man, I like that it, like, turned uh, Dagwin back into a, a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, instantly. I gave you grace and you spit in my face? Arr! Incredible. Um... There are like two, two real, two clips I want to run real quick back to back. One's right before the credits hit. One's after, because um, at the end we see like Frau and the kids, and like all the people that are gonna be on White Base and Amro at some point. They like shows them like, oh, what they currently do and whatnot. But I want to, I want to run this real quick. One can only hope that this place can remain peaceful. Why do they dare carry out as barbaric an act? as dropping a colony full of civilians onto Earth. Do you think this means the war will continue? I do. Their taste for destruction hasn't been sated. Humanity hasn't taken this thing as far as it can go, not by a long shot. And so I beg you, citizens of Earth, you must not believe the lies of Tekwin and Giris. There were Regardless no more than say, Humanity has a desire for war. We will not kneel before the entire zombie brood. Atmospheric exit is complete. Target orbit has been achieved. Accelerating and now setting a course for Luna 2. She sure is a mighty fine vessel, isn't she, Mr. Bright? She is. Yeah, we're lucky to have this state-of-the-art Minovsky craft-equipped ship, all right. I'll admit, it's quite the thrilling experience for this old reservist. All we have to do now is complete our mission, isn't that right? Yes, sir. Where is Chief Tenrin? He's in his cabin, sir. I can show him to the bridge later if you'd like. I thought the day would never be here. Amuro, your father has done it. The Gundam is finally complete. I haven't made life easy for you, have I? In the limo, talking about how humanity has not satiated its th its taste for war, and that it's gonna continue, could not have been more right. Could not have been more right. Oh, bro, yeah. You, you think when this war is over, it's over, huh? Oh, that sucks. Right. That sucks. <laughs> and 
to bring it to to modern times, which I know someone's gonna get mad about this, but I think of us in Afghanistan in the Iraq War. You know, we were there for twenty years for what? You know, we 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 did all that for what? Just to get the taste of war out of our mouth for a little bit to go back into a war probably in the next couple of years or something like that. Like, bruh, spot on messaging. Like, none of this makes sense. They're just doing this so they can fight it out and and get their their fix of violence and destruction. That's all they want. And that's really all it is at the end of the day, unfortunately, when it comes to, like, this universe of Gundam. There's some people that want to do right, I should say. But... Uh, well, I mean, that, those, those last scenes add some interesting wrinkles, right? Because, like, the way Revel's speech is shown, like, it's kind of like there's a, this really big moment that happens in the original series, and, like, Gearin actually gives a speech in response to it. Mm. And it's sort of portrayed, portrayed, like, the same way. And so just, like, that, that, little, uh, that little bit of symmetry, I think, is really, really nice. But it... The last scene with like seeing Tem like on on white base as they head for Luna two before going to side seven, um, really interesting because like this entire time we think of Tem as like a shitty dad because like he was not a great dad you know, but like it really made it seem like he did all this for Amaro you know like he was trying to protect yeah. the world for his son, whereas before you just kind of thought like oh he's just kind of selfish and just weird you know. And I wouldn't even say, like, he's, like, selfish nor weird. I feel like he he doesn't know how to show his love without doing something or giving something, I, I guess. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Like, like I, I, it feels like Tim became a father, and he's always been obsessed with work. And he never really had to to do anything as far as like being a dad goes. Like if that makes sense. And now it's like he's a dad, but it's like, well, my job's kind of important at this point in time. Like, I should probably just do this and and, and run with it. Yeah. But it's like, no, you need to be a father to that kid you got, bro. Like, he needs somebody to guide him, and he just his guidance is like. My gift to you is peace in the world. This is what I'm going to try to give you. <laughs> oh, man. That's actually, talking about Bright Noah, too, by the way. That's actually, like, spoilers for a, a later series. But if you listen to this podcast in order, you're going to forget it because we're not going to talk about it for a while. But in Gundam Unicorn, there's this one really great line where it's, like, two people sort of, like, set aside their differences and they just have, like, an honest moment between themselves. And they're just, like, same as it ever Are was, you talking huh? about when they're at the campfire? No, no, it's not that one. That seems right. great, though. Uh, it's in one of the later episodes. But it's just like, same old story, huh? Fathers never saying enough to their sons. You know? <laughs> like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember what you're talking about. Because, yeah, that... Man. God, but... Unicorn's, Unicorn's fucking incredible. <laughs> NT is about to be on Funimation. I'm going to sign up for Funimation so I can get clips and watch uh, some stuff on on there. Which will be nice. Mm-hmm. Another $8. So, hey, if you're watching, hit that Venmo. Eight bucks goes a long way for the podcast, <laughs> by the way. Um, but you know, we also like we see Bright here. I guess not really young Bright because Bright's about to be taken over the ship in an episode, like right after this, essentially. Yeah. Um, but you know, Hathaway's flashes came out, and Bright even Bright's kid, like Dad's in this series, 
can't be fathers. <laughs> yeah, same old story, huh? Fathers never say enough to their sons. <laughs> right, right. Which I'm sure you know more about the the bright Noah Hathaway Noah dynamic than I do, but still, like, fucking Noah, crazy. man. <laughs> He's a, Noah's a badass, and I feel like he, I mean his kid's also a badass, but Shar got to him. Shar yeah. <laughs> got to him. Um, but, yeah. What are your thoughts on this episode? And I guess series as a whole, as we as we wrap up the first arc of the podcast. Uh, I like it a lot. I think prequels are always really tricky because technology has advanced in how you can execute them. But contextually, it doesn't make sense to do more bright and flashy things, you know, just mm-hmm. like in, in terms of like keeping the universe cohesive. But I think they did a pretty good job. Obviously, the mobile suits are like a little bit more mobile in this than they were in the original series. But besides that, like, I don't think there was a lot of out of place scenes yeah you know like there Everything wasn't anything like in star wars prequels. had a purpose yeah, yeah 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 where it's like oh r2 can fly huh that's weird i don't remember that um <laughs> but no i think it did a really good job i don't think it's the best like gundam story that takes place between like established events i still think gundam 0083 is yeah um but i i like this a lot more than i remember but if i'm ever doing like a full canon rewatch i'm probably gonna skip it still um i think it's probably like one of the better produced better made series but it's just it's a little slower than what i want it to be yeah I, i feel that um i think it does a good job of getting it's a good it's a good way to refresh you on the series and events and some characters but also giving you new information as well that you might not have seen or just obviously has never been put out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the direction gets a little muddy because they they cover a little too much at once at sometimes. Like oh yeah, the like the last two episodes are focusing on Shar, but Shar's only really in this episode for what maybe thirty minutes tops, and it's about everything else going on. Um. But they did have a lot to cover in not a lot of screen time, which I, I give them credit for that. Um, I, I, I would recommend it to people if they because people have been asking me, what should I watch? And I'm like, well, if you have Hulu, watch this to kind of get the feel of what Gundam is. Granted, they're going to get spoiled on the animation, but get the feel of what a Gundam series is, is like. You have your slow moments, your fast moments, you have your in-betweens, you have your character development. You have some time just like nothingness for a little bit. But it all comes together in this giant, I'm going to say lasagna or pizza or whatever, and you, you take a slice and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Well put, so. well put. <laughs> I'm going to give it, if I had to give it like a, like a rating, like out of 10, I'll give it, I'll give it like a solid eight and a half out of 10. Yeah, no, it's, it's super well made. It's just, it's weird because it makes you care about characters that have no real development. You know, I get, yeah, ex- except yeah, for like yeah. Char, but like. Everyone else is just kind of like a, a prop or an obstacle. And it's just, they don't really touch. Like these characters make big decisions and like they have like important appearances in later series or earlier series, I guess. Um, but it's also like, I don't know if you watch this first because there's no real, like you understand things a little bit better, but it's not like, oh, cool, I get to see more Revel scenes. Like there's only a couple more scenes with Revel, like in the entire yeah. series, you know? So it's like, huh not a not a whole lot there and same thing with like Degwin and 
in all these characters where it's just like, do you watch the original series first and then come back to understand them better? Or do you understand them better and then you're just disappointed by how little they appear in, in subsequent timelines? You know, it's 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 kind of tough. Yeah. To And in my, what I've done, Dave, what started me wanting to do this podcast is that I was bored during 2020 and I watched Unicorn. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, let's see what else is out there. And I saw this. And I, cause I didn't want to watch uh, MS8 Assault yet. MS8 Team yet. Because I was like, I know I'm going to love this one. And it's very short. So let me just watch uh, Origin. I watched, with the knowledge that I had, I watched Unicorn, then Origin. I was like, so much stuff made sense at that point in time. Minus, like, what happened with Char and Amuro. Because I've never seen that in full. Mm-hmm. But I was like, wow. A lot of this makes sense. Even though I, like, have a very small window of it um but yeah you do get attached to some characters that are like meh <laughs> here's some daywin here's some garma all right that's cool yeah well it's just tough because like amara was barely in the series sailor was barely in the series and then like they're kind of like the two focal points of like the original series you know i'm okay with that because if we're being honest amaro has Amuro has not much to do until he gets learns about Gundam. Yeah. And I think Sayla, not to sound rude, Sayla's more irrelevant until she learns that Shar's still alive and gets into side seven. No, that, that okay. I, you're right. You're right. That you, you convinced me again. <laughs> it, you, you, you rock, paper, scissored my ass twice this episode. Um I'm not a bully, I promise people. I'm not I'm not a bully. <laughs> just an expert at all things rock, paper, and or scissors. <laughs> Um, fifty fifties. I'm bad at, but thirty three percent. My fucking my fucking sweet spot. <laughs> um, no, I I I liked it, but again, I'm not. It's. I, I totally get it. it. It's like a thing where, like, yeah, I really like it. It's really good. I just don't know how excited I am to watch it again. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. But I think part of it is because it is super heavy. Like it is just like war crime dot movie. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, episode four nearly just, I was like, I don't know if I want to finish this. The first time I watched it, I was like, I, like I said, it took, took me three days to get through that episode because I was like, I emotionally cannot handle the weight and heaviness that is going on. Right I had now. to like pour a scotch and like smoke a cigarette after like that scene of like that <laughs> colony being gassed. Like that was, yes. that was horrendous. Just the gas part. Just the gas part first. Then the actual drop happened. I was like, all right, I'm done. Well, then it's just like, what, would you want them to be alive as they go through the atmosphere? It's like, were those the only two options? <laughs> like, <laughs> I would like neither of these to be a thing. Can't you just get, like, a meteor or something like that? Yeah, like, bro. Or a busted up, like, satellite? Or, like, I don't know, get them either. off the colony? You have enough space at Loom. Take them prisoner, I don't know. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I don't know, rough stuff. Um, rough stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk about later series. Um, another oh, thing, yeah. I just think the art direction is kind of boring in this. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Not that it's I, better in other series, but if if they all feel like a little bit more stylized than in this series. I, I what I like about this in most of. Gundam animes is like with newer anime stuff like I'm talking about the last six seven years is a lot of them have like soft faces with very little detail in them yeah and I don't like that mm-hmm. they like everybody has some kind of detail in the faces at least in my opinion and so 
I could tell, like, oh, that's a person, that's a face, that's a nose, that's a cheek, that's this and that, this and that. Like, this screenshot of Dagon right here is like, ah, oh, look at how defined Dagon's face is. Even when it was far away, I could tell. Whereas I watched the first couple episodes of, um, I finished the series, but, uh, Godzilla Singular Point or whatever, and it's like, I could not tell who's, which, what a face was, because it was just too, too flat, too smooth. Yeah, just too indistinguishable. And it's, it, like, less interesting because of that, right? Like... Yeah, yeah. It got... They changed it up in the later episodes, but it's like, I'd rather have this art direction than some of the other stuff out there. But you're right, it does get kind of bland, because they don't mix it up too much. The only one who really gets mixed up is Dozel, for the most part, and Char. Mm-hmm. And then Amro's big, big thing is just his big blue eyes. That's it. Yeah, which I don't really remember them, like, making a point in the original series about his eyes. Like, I guess, like... The, the eyes of innocence like i don't know if it's like a, a, a metaphor you know like some some sort of like visual storytelling or whatever they're doing um yeah but yeah no maybe uh, i'm i'm probably with you uh maybe a little less probably like a 7.5 to 8 range like it's again really yeah. really well made but it's just like it's not if i had to make a list of five gundam things to watch i don't think this would crack the top five that's fair that's 100 percent. might not crack the top 10 I mean, to be fair, there's like, what, 50-something, 40, 43 series? Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting up there. Movies. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> bottom, bottom 75%, you know, like that's, that's nothing <laughs> nothing to knock, you know? Um. <laughs> it like gets number 11 out of 10. It's like, well, there's out of 50 series to go through. <laughs> I, I've seen every Gundam series that's been released in the West, plus a couple that haven't just through, uh, you know, uh, scrupulous means um <laughs> we will not incriminate nor support incrimination or crimes on this podcast that's, that's... unless never mind <laughs> <laughs> um but like i there's only like three or four like actively bad gundam series uh seed um see i don't think God. seed is bad i think seed destiny is like just so boring and like i don't know if it's bad or just boring yeah, I know. Seed and Double O are like the two. One of those are like undisputed. One of the worst ones. Uh, somebody in the in the Discord that hopped in there, which Discord links in the description, said they like Turn A Gundam, and like we're all like, "What? Uh, dude, you like Turn A Gundam? Turn is <laughs> fucking nuts. Turn Turn gets weird. I love it. I, um, yeah, I think it's like Gundam Seed Destiny. I I really don't enjoy. Um. Even Gundam Double O, I think, is fine. Like the movie, I think, is like an absolute train wreck. Uh, Awakening of the Trailblazer, uh, Gundam G Savior, like the live action one, is like it's like yeah, it's I heard that so, one. The dumpster fire. It's yeah. so bad. It's like transcended bad, and like it's like the room if for for Gundam, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one that's never gonna get remade, even in an animated portion. Even though it really like, should. Eh. And it's really interesting because like it took place like you see 200 like it was like the furthest along in the timeline of, of like any gundam series but it's like man you guys just really really dropped the ball here <laughs> on this one. well george thank you once again for being the host or co-host of this you're gonna be back i mean we already talked about it you're, you're gonna be back if the co-hosting gig is most likely yours i want to try out some other people but Get used to George, everybody. Yeah, man, I hope um, so. Though. We might, we might even rotate. Maybe even have like you know some some freedom going on. Not, yeah, I said three dumb of a podcast to listen to. That's good. Because um, if you said the other thing, HR would have been just up your ass about it. So exactly, that's good. Exactly. 
I do want to try to do like some watch alongs where we watch the movies, the compilation movies, and do like, I don't know, like a live react or live discussion about them and things of that nature. Uh, I got some ideas, but anyway, thank you for being along this ride for Gundam The Origin. Oh, wait, Next can, up I, is... can I tease something? Tease it, tease it, tease I've it. I've got it. a bunch of imported PS3 games for Gundam. Ooh. And I am looking to stream some stuff. So let's uh, let's hop into a stream sometime and explore some, some PS3 Gundam games. I'm 100% down. Um, dang. Dang, that's going to be sick. That's going to be fun. <laughs> that's going to be so fun. Oh, also, oh, wait, sorry. Fun. One thing to actually plug, too. Uh, I just... Uh, I was really happy when you asked me to, to jump on this show because I had a similar idea before comic books and I just released the first episode of it on the video game podcast I do. So if you look up a video game podcast called Frameskip, you'll see that in the feed there's a special episode called um, Shortbox Summary, which is me and my, my good friend Fabio, the two of us talking about my favorite era of Marvel Comics and just sort of breaking down the, the bigger stories of like the, the mid 2000s through like 2012 ish. Also, listen to Frame Skip because it's nice just to like have video game friends to dork out with. And um, if you ever want to talk stuff, you're more than welcome to come on the show as well. Hell yeah. Uh, send me the link. I'll put it in the podcast description. Cool. I'll, I'll retweet the hell of it. Make sure I'll, I'll do that. Uh-huh. I'll make sure. That... But yeah, thank you, listener, for hanging out with us. It was a long episode, but it was a long ride and we had a hell of a lot of fun. I'll probably see y'all in a couple weeks for maybe a solo episode of Mobile Suit Gundam. I'll figure it out. We're just, we're just, we're learning how to fly the plane while we're in the air. That's exactly what we're doing right now. So, but hey, y'all stay cool, stay hydrated, and uh, we'll see y'all soon. tell me how I should do my job.